This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 20. In two months, two months since I launched this podcast, and episode 20 is going to feature Rachel Berger, founder of the Artist Co-op. My number one goal for this podcast is to help foster, create, and promote creative collaboration. My personal experience over the past two months has been great. I really believe that the more we learn to work together, the better we become individually. Rachel Berger created the Artist Co-op as a physical space where performing artists can create and collaborate and connect with other people and resources. Let me say that again in their words. The Artist Co-op is a co-working space for performing artists uniting New York City's actors, directors, dancers, playwrights, and more with programs and services to support the performing arts community. That was straight from their website, theartistcoop.com. That's theartistco-op.com. The link to that will be on the show notes for this episode on our website at bushwickvarietyshow.com. I had a great time meeting Rachel. I met her through the Shelter Theater Company, a great theater company I'm personally super grateful to have become involved with. The Shelter did a reading of a play at the Artist Co-op. And that's just kind of an example of what happens when you get involved with artistic communities. You meet other artistic communities. Um, I can go on and on, but I really enjoyed the way that I met Rachel. Um, She and I both consider ourselves creative producers with theatrical backgrounds, and we talk about that. Um, I enjoyed hearing her perspective, and she's coining a term that I really like, and it's called an entrepreneur. I think that kind of speaks for itself. Now, we had a false start at the beginning of our interview, so that's what we're laughing about in the beginning of this one. It was just a stupid technical issue, but um, it was a great conversation. So here it is, Rachel Berger, The Artist Co-op. Let's have a conversation. That's the first time that's ever happened. It's okay. Second time is the best time. Um, glad I looked there. Me too. Um, so, Rachel Berger, <laughs> artist to. co-op, um, you know, had a little technical difficulty there on the first, um, few seconds, but, uh, so you just celebrated, uh, the one year anniversary of the artist co-op. Yes. Uh, May 15th. Yes. Our one year anniversary. It went super well. Um, we partnered with West 42nd Street Magazine and Manhattan Sideways. And we had, even though it was the day of that crazy storm where all of a sudden it was hailing and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had over 250 people come. Nice. Yeah, so very happy about that. Um, so how did, uh, how did the, I guess, the idea for the Artist Co-op start? It was a good, maybe jumping in point sure um so i'm an actor um but for the past i'd say year yeah for this past year i've put my actor hat on hold um and it started because i was frustrated as 
an artist looking for spaces that validated the work that I was creating, especially devising and collaborating with a group of people. And we were sitting in coffee shops really late or in a rehearsal room and it was too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. And, um, and too expensive to get the, yeah, right. Like that's the, into the spaces like in, 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 um, Midtown Manhattan, you're like, I'm like schlepping from Jersey City to Greenpoint because it's cheaper, but everybody's coming from different locations. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting in a WeWork, if you're familiar, and um, and I thought, wow, this is so cool. Why isn't there anything like this for the arts? And um, I let that idea brew a bit. And um, I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival back in 2015 and with this weird futuristic piece with three other women and we were reading tarot cards and I asked the tarot cards should I do this crazy idea of a co-working space for artists and the cards were like yes (laughs) um so I put a lot of my energies into that I was working for Broadway producer I was working at a fitness studio babysitting dog walking slash 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 and uh yeah Sorry, I got really, it gets, <laughs> the whole story of the artist co-op always changes. But, I mean, it, the whole, it doesn't change, but it's long. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many years ago, I guess, uh, timeline, did the idea kind of start? Sure, sure. Um, so I read the, the tarot cards in the September 2015. Okay. Let it brew a little bit. I started hosting um, focus groups with artist friends. Like, is this something that you'd like? Where is the ideal location? What does it have in it? Copier machine, conference table. Um, And then I met with this small business development advisor. And it's a free resource um, through the government, actually. Um, I think Laura might have done something similar for the for the store. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's amazing. And I opened my eyes to all of these different resources available. Um, so he told me to start researching other co-working spaces other than WeWork, and there are like bajillions out there. And then to research the different rehearsal spaces and their price points and start put, putting together a pitch deck and financials. Didn't even, I went to school for theater in French. Right. <laughs> so. Um, Probably the one thing though um, with theater that is super valuable because you know it's funny just to sidebar that um uh the liberal arts and theater degrees and arts degrees always get bashed but actually um and this is i didn't actually read this article this was like a it's okay the headline accounts yeah one of the thousand of um newsfeed things that i saw but it was basically that actually the most um not worthless but the job the degree that has been not as impactful um as people think is a uh, business actually right you and have I, to have something you're passionate about exactly. otherwise it's not gonna fuel the business exactly um and i think that's with business people go into it just like i mean people go into college also thinking that like if you go into it thinking that it's gonna be laid out for you that's just not how life works right um But with theater, what I was going to say is that what I do think is valuable with it is we really do learn how to communicate. Mm -hmm. And so then when you, you know, all that new information, but I mean, 
when you're approaching a role, you have to do all that research and stuff anyway. So it's like, this is a real life, you know, role you're stepping into. Oh, 100%. 100%. And um, it made me think of refocusing how, as a theater maker, we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. And um, I've been coining this word. I'm sure it's somebody else came up with it, but entrepreneur. That we're all creative businesses ourselves. um, Yeah. And that... it's okay to make money from our art. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> otherwise, like, what's the point? Um, so anyways, I was, uh, yeah, I started apprenticing at the Center for Social Innovation, which is this really cool co-working space for nonprofits and um, social enterprises and gathered mentors and advisors from fundraisers to event planners, et cetera. And the executive director of that, um, company gave me this really key piece of advice that if you want to make this thing happen, you have to befriend your landlord or real estate developer. So that led to him introducing me to our current landlords, Clinton Housing. And um, I met with them back in February of 2016. And two young broy guys did my little pitch deck and thought, cool, I'm going to get a space tomorrow. And then I never heard from them until that fall, October 2016. And um, they said, hey, we have two spaces on 52nd Street. You want to come check them out? And uh, the one that was more affordable, the 2,000-square-foot space, um, I saw endless possibilities because it was literally a empty rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, um, let's see, and then started putting together a plan to raise money and launched an Indiegogo campaign for $25,000 for March of 2017. And we actually exceeded that goal of 27. And when I look back, I'm like, holy crap, I raised $27,000. It's like more money I've ever seen ever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then in May 15th, after we built out, we painted the floors, put up the walls, graffiti art, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's when we opened up the space and we started with a hundred, uh, sorry, with 10, uh, sorry, 15 founding members. And now to date we have about 110 members. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then, so you have 110 members and then as far as like the administrative team, Mm -hmm. how many people... (laughs) Um, just recently we hired a part-time manager, which is awesome. Uh, but it's me. It's a one woman show. Nice. Um, marketing, fundraising, managing members, um, accounts, rehearsal bookings, but I'm sorry, I shouldn't discredit the amazing team of volunteers that we have. So, um, we started a program called the desk exchange program and it's going to be, um, every four months and there are 14 of them. Um, and in exchange for working at the desk for six or seven hours, they get a a membership at the co-op. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, and there's, uh, three rehearsal rooms. Am I right on that? Close Two. there are two rehearsal rooms and then the big, uh, working space. Right. Um, so I guess maybe explain a little bit to the listeners who have no idea about it, um, just kind of how it works, what it is generally. 
Um, you could probably explain it better than me. Sure. Like I, I have some <laughs> yeah, yeah, knowledge you've been of there. it, but yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, um, there's still this, um, co-working hasn't really infiltrated the arts world. So well, a lot of times when I say, have you heard of WeWork, kind of right. people get this glazed look at, uh, over their eyes. So imagine um, a coffee shop with all of your best friends in an intentional community um, so the space, um, has, uh, movable chairs and desks and it, it's funky. There's teal floors and graffiti. And then there are two rehearsal rooms and a kitchen area with coffee. We've got Stumptown on tap, on tap, um, and a library with plays and art books. And for $50 a month, you get unlimited access to that co-working space um, you get your own key, which a lot of people have said it's so cool to sign up for something and immediately get a key. <laughs> um, and what else? And then after that, there are different um, levels of membership that give you hours to the rehearsal space. Um, if you think about it, kind of like a gym as well right. um, to exercise your artistic muscles. And um, those hours can accrue so you can apply them to a later month. Um, and as a member... Those uh, rehearsal rooms are discounted. Um, but non-members, if you want to just check out the space, you're more than welcome to use it. Um, and everybody can come use a co-op for a free day if it's your first time. Um, and I met you through uh, the Shelter Theater Company was doing the reading of uh, Michael Kingsbaker's uh, play, um, which I think is really cool on a number of levels like i really enjoy i've really enjoyed getting to know the shelter theater company yeah they're um, they're, they're amazing yeah but what's also amazing is like i got introduced to the tank theater mm -hmm. um and then and i've i've heard of the artist co-op um i think there's a couple members that are members of the artist co-op that are shelter shelter yeah, yeah, yeah. um but I'd, I'd i'd heard of it before and um yeah, I think it's really cool when you get involved with one artistic community oh, yeah. and meet it's whole so other worlds and integrated. other communities. And yeah. yeah. I found like what was weird about what opened my eyes when developing this thing is how helpful the business community, like just a little bit outside of the theater art world, people are willing to say, oh, I don't know. Um, much about fundraising but let me refer you to my friend who does and I felt like that's kind of lacking in the arts right yeah. now it's it feels competitive or you're going to steal my idea and I want to eradicate that like we're individuals and we all have our own story to tell and who cares you know there's another like curly haired Jewish girl that looks like me, she has a different experience and will tell the story differently. So I don't know. I think I've been thinking a lot about the logo of the artist co-op and it's two um, circles that make an infinity sign. And the space in between is the space that I want to create at the co-op. And I don't think I haven't been able to like explain. There's really a lot of thought yeah. going into that. And like what you're saying, like this circle comes in and that yeah. circle and it, your community just expands and expands and expands. Yeah. So. Um, it's been, so it's interesting cause you said, uh, you're, you put your acting on pause. Um, 
like I I definitely a few years ago personally like um I took like five years no acting I was doing like music more mm-hmm. um and then started like slowly just calling your name yes or... um and there you know there's a part of me that wishes it didn't um just for the hard part of the acting business right um but as I'm slowly starting to do things again and getting ready to start like auditioning more seriously again. Um, one of the things that's been interesting to me is getting involved with like the shelter and like getting exposed to other theater companies that, yeah, for like the business of acting, like, yeah, you have to audition, you know, that's just like, if you want to do some of the commercial work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as the craft of acting and doing it, um, there are plenty of, theater companies and theater communities that you can get involved with and just show up and like work work yeah and um it's not like like that they don't operate under the audition because auditions it's the best like there's no it's an it's, easy way to get in the door i yeah. guess but it's but about it's the worst way to, yeah because yeah. auditions are the worst way to really assess an actor oh, 100%. but it's still the way it works because there's you know, when they're looking, when they're casting right. and it's open to everybody, there's no other way to see people. Right. But it's just, you know, it's not what it is. Yeah. And you're going to want to work with your friends. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um. So where are you? With, on my, yeah. my schmacting career. Um, I'm cool with putting it more on hold or I don't know, maybe it's an indefinite hold. Um, I feel super satisfied i i guess i'm giving myself a new uh title as creative producer i like i like that title (laughs) a lot yeah um because uh i realize i'm also an event planner a lot of the times i can because i have a space i can curate the types of things that happen in that space Mm -hmm. um so um one of the my proudest things that we've started is called tac con which is um short for TAC Conversations, TAC being the artist co-op acronym. And uh, we've held three so far, and they're Facebook Live panels, one on sexual harassment um, in the theater industry, another about content creation and how to hustle. Um, and the last, the most recent one was last Saturday, and um, it was called Queering the Stage. And it was really cool and to launch into um, Pride. Month. Got you. Yeah. Queering the stage. I Queering. Sure. Got you. Yes. I heard clearing at first. Queer, queer. Yeah, got yeah. you, got you. Um, as far as finding out those, um, the best way to, like, there's a Facebook group, I'm guessing, or a page, or... There's a Facebook page. Is there a newsletter? There's a newsletter. Um, yeah, Facebook is very helpful. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, all the social media channels, Instagram, yeah. not really Twitter person. I There's technically a Twitter page for the podcast, but that's like the... Um, it's like I, me and my mom yeah. liking things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand Twitter at all. It's just I just haven't spent much time there. Yeah. Um, so it's... But it's kind of funny to me. Just... And I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you only have so much energy, and social media is good. But, like, um, there's the danger with, like, when you get into the business and marketing side of things, when 
you forget the purpose of what you're doing and you're just it's a i'm like it's easy to fall into that too but like the like to the point where you start marketing things like you you're so focused on marketing that you're not doing the actual work is the is the danger totally um so it's it's definitely i think the next job that i'd love to get help with is marketing because it's so time consuming yeah and and yeah figuring out like the simon sinek why am i doing this thing all the time um and the thing to remember i think with it too it's like it's you can't neglect that but on the other hand um it's hard because of course you want a bigger audience like everybody does um but the fact is like the best thing that you can do for marketing is keep it like improving what you're doing. Like, right. you know, improving the source, improving right. the actual thing. Um, Cause then consistency, consistency, um, yeah. the relationships that you build over time. Those are, those, those are really, that's it. Like right to life, like really, because those relationships, um, you never know who or what or how things play out. Like, but it's those relationships when somebody else, you know, has some crazy, you know, exponential six rocket ship success thing. Right. Right. That, um, when you have those relationships, like you have those relationships and you take care of those, um, that, you still have that relationship with the person and, and it's not then all of a sudden like um, you're cold calling somebody who you haven't, you know, right, right, right. don't have a relationship or, you know, knew at one point, you know, it's a little bit different. Right. So, Agreed. Yeah. Um. So one year, what's, what do you see kind of uh, for the coming year? What are you excited about? Um, are there some talks scheduled? Mm. The next topic for TechCon, um, I want to explore um, race, not race, sorry, class and um, socioeconomics in the arts. Um, but I have no idea how to tackle that. It, it might be tricky not to um, cover race and right. that and, uh, and sexism because of the intersection. Yeah. Um, like... Uh, just the whole controversy right now with uh Roseanne. Oh my god, I know. And then it being conflated with uh Samantha B and it's like Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about that? No. Yeah. Um, we don't have to go too far. I'll look into, into that, it. But yeah, that's um yeah. Yeah. Like it's a interesting time now. It's an interesting dis- national discourse we're having yes um but i i do think the most important thing that we can do is is talk yes um keep the discourse going uh i get weary of like discourse being shut down like, right. you know it's like sometimes we're gonna have to have heated right or say that this is the final answer and that's it and yeah. the only thing is we can talk about it and say this is where i'm coming from and this was my experience. Right. Oh, oh, that's your perspective of how it happened. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, the hard, I think that's the hard thing is people want like a final answer. Well, what's the solution then? And it's like the, this is the, the it's a process like complicated multi-layered there's not like one solution it's like it's work yeah yeah just like the relationships oh 100 (laughs) percent um what else is planned for the co-op um looking for more space um i'd love to have an office and there are a couple of um bigger players that want office space um not necessarily just the co-working so i'm looking for space and like i'll give you my five-year plan yeah um to have a second location um it's cool i did a uh the manager and i uh well the manager (laughs) he put together an awesome uh, google map of where all the members live and it's actually really spread out Mm -hmm. um along the Upper West Side in Wood, but then also in Queens and Brooklyn, people are coming into um, to the co-op. So it's trying to gauge where the best next location would be. Um, but I think the financial district would be a, a super interesting um, next space because of uh, the subway systems are all there and then really getting people from New Jersey the Hoboken, Jersey right. City, um, Journal Square area. Um, and then, obviously, expanding into, like, Los Angeles and Miami and Detroit and being a member of a, of a more global artist community. Yeah. would be really rad. Yeah. Um, are there ways, like, this is just a thought um, with that, like, uh, for out-of-town actors like be it from LA or from Amsterdam you know from international or something uh to like have access to the artist co-op uh you know what I mean like yeah yeah well we have a one month membership so let's say if they're doing a residency yeah um they could sign up for the mailing list yeah uh yeah Let's, uh, real quick, um, where is the best, like, what's the websites and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the website is the T-H-E artist, one artist, co-op, with the dash between the O's, dot com. And uh, you'll see there's a logo with the, the two circles. Those two yeah. circles. Yeah. Um, and if you want to sign up for a free day, just click on. I think it's on the top right-hand corner. Join us for a free day and fill out a Google form or shoot us an email at support at theartistcoop.com. Uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which is useless for uh, – we we're not very active on the Twitter, but right. it's there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the links to the website and everything will be on the show notes for, for this episode. Fantastic. Do you have anything else uh, that you want to talk about? Hmm. I guess I would be interested in hearing from your listeners um, what are some of their wishes for a creative space um, because it is uh, a communal experience. And, um, yeah, right now it's very geared towards theater. Um, but how do we make it um, more inclusive for 
dancers, musicians, um, and any kind of, uh, my ask is um, helping us get more. So we're a nonprofit, we're a 501c3. So expanding our reach um, and our donor base, if people want to help in any way, shape or form, that'd be great. Nice. Um, and one of the rooms does have a piano, if I remember, and a mirror, right? Like, so there's a piano, um, and a, a dance floor. It's, yeah. it's springy, but there isn't a mirror. Okay. Um, I think there was a curtain, so I wasn't sure if there was a, yeah, it's for soundproofing. Gotcha. Um, and there's a keyboard and we do have a self tape room and for 10 bucks for a member or 15 bucks for a non-member, you can come and do some auditions, which is really reasonable yeah um yeah nice um and where are you from originally i'm from kentucky well it's complicated (laughs) i'm like a nomadic jew um i was born in miami and i lived there for six years and then uh my dad got a better job and we moved to lexington kentucky and then i went to boarding school for high school in connecticut i stayed in the northeast pretty much Except for one year, I spent a year at the Ensemble Theater of Cincinnati. Nice. As an acting apprentice. But yeah, a little all over the East. And then New York after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you like the boarding school experience? I did. I felt very jaded going to college because I... Had already kind of... Yeah, I'd been away from home since I was 14. Mm-hmm. And, um, was already so used to my routine and you have your school then uh, either uh, sports or rehearsal then you have your study hours and lights out and um, yeah I had met friends from all over the world it was crazy people from Bahrain to Italy um, Japan Um, so, and I went to a small liberal arts college called Muhlenberg in Allentown, PA. So it was hard to, yeah, adjust. Yeah. I I sometimes wish, uh, like, think I would have benefited from, like, the boarding school thing. Yeah. Um, There was a part of me, like, after high school that considered even, like, military, even though that's really not my steez but um but for the like kind of discipline aspect of it um because i'm like i can be very disciplined and i did like martial arts so like it's i'm capable of discipline (laughs) but as far as like the regimented thing like i'm kind of all over the place like i'm i'm organized chaos sure 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 um, sure and passion so it's like the I get things done by sheer, like, will. Like, there's a fire under your butt, and you're like, I just have to do do it. it. Yeah, and I just will. Like, if I say I'm going to, if I, like, really decide um, I'm going to do it, then I'll do it. But it's like, there are things that I look at, and I'm like, man, like, I did this or that, um, but I think it would have been a lot easier if I had more of a system. Yeah. I'm sort of working on that now. Um, it's great. And in boarding school, you have, uh, the teachers pretty much live in the, they don't live in the dorms, but they have their own apartments that are connected to the dorms and they're, they're constantly checking in on you and they become like your surrogate parents, but 
you have like a network and team of people that are like yeah on you yeah and that's that's super helpful yeah um it, did you find um when you because you i remember you were talking about the focus groups early on for the mm. artist co-op for me and the this is what i went through with like the podcast yeah it's sort of one of those things where you know you have like different goals and ambitions and dreams and then you get an idea and you're like I don't know why but I feel a certain way about this idea and then yeah when you talk to like people and people are like yeah that's a good idea like I like that um it's kind of reinforces yes the thing for me like with the podcast I was doing that but I was kind of selective of it because I was I wanted to make sure. You got to be careful who you ask because a lot of people, everybody will love to give their opinion too. Mm -hmm. And I always enjoyed when people were like, this is just my opinion. You don't have to take it for, take it for what it is. And I, now I'm trying to do that as well because we all want to be validated in our ideas. Yeah. But sometimes no, nobody knows what's right unless it has to come from us. Yeah. And like you had this urge. There's so many podcasts. Yeah. But fuck it. Like yeah. it's well, you. And it's like I really that's something I've learned over time just in general is like uh one of my mentors back in the day said protect your process. Mm-hmm. And so it's like with like my wife Laura, mm-hmm. sometimes if I'm writing something, like if it's like I don't know, like a poem or a song or if it was like a play or something like that. Um and you know she she wants to be supportive but she's like oh can i hear like can i hear this blah blah blah. and Mm -hmm. a lot most of the time my answer is you can see it when it's like performed right and it's because it's like just for my process it's like if you're involved in the process then by all means but if you're not in the process and you're hearing something out of context, you know what I mean? Like right. that, like this isn't for public per, you know, this isn't right. for public reception yet. Like right, right. it's not a finished piece. Um, and so I don't need feedback in the, in like in certain parts of the process. 100%. I I have even had people though with like this, cause I do it twice a week. I have a friend who's like a couple of friends who are like, isn't twice a week too much and it's like no like who this cares? is like this is for me like no this is exactly the amount like it's a certain amount of work but to mm-hmm. me it's like regular enough it's like you know what i mean yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. fall i now i've um every monday i released the the newsletter for the artist co-op and i and i, fe- I felt very validated by it um this past monday it was memorial day <clears throat> and um, this woman who I'd never met before, who runs the National Art National Coalition of Arts in Crisis, um, and she's asking me for advice about how to um, take over these vacant schools in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands and create kind of an artist co-op down there. And um, we had a phone call, and she said, I read your newsletter, and I really appreciated it. My husband was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for seven years, and I talked about my experience going to the Arlington Cemetery in the fifth grade and just bawling because of the expanse of yeah. 
And then it became like a domino effect with all the other, all my friends. <laughs> um, and it was just cool because it's, it's that repetition that we were talking about and building those relationships and just putting the thing out. Like it's as much for your audience as it is for you, nourishment to just get that story out. Yeah. How long have you been doing the newsletter? I guess it'll be a year. Okay. A so little, more, more than a year, I guess, since it hasn't always, it hasn't been consistent mm-hmm. every week, but now um, it's like exercising, like just yeah. push it out, do it. Yeah. That's, uh, there's a number of things I have to like build on, but that's like one. I need to build the, build out the site more. Yeah. Um, but like the newsletter, um, I don't know how, how frequently, but I know it's just a good, it's just a good way, like thing for any organization, any group or artistic endeavor to do because people absorb information in so many different ways. We're connected to our phones. Our phones are pretty, email is like a text message now. Yeah. So can't hurt. Yeah. Um... Do you have any uh, final thoughts or words? Um, do the thing that you're passionate about. And, uh, yeah, do it with full force because it's cra- things are falling into so many, like the puzzle piece um is coming together i don't think it's i don't think it's a perfect puzzle and i don't want it to be but um it's been really a cool journey and maybe that's that's a piece of advice to just follow the passion because life's too short yeah it is and i've met so many cool people just by talking about this idea that it just it's really yeah like follow the passion um we were talking like when we were talking about the business thing and it's like going into an empty but and it's like don't get me wrong there are certain paths you can go down like stockbroking or you know become a trader like there are and if that's your passion by all means if your passion is just money by all means do that um I would I would wonder though even if that is your passion then like the only question is like then when you get all the money then, then what? what fuels fuels <laughs> your heart what? yeah you know what I mean because like I could definitely use more money now <laughs> but at the same time it's like um what's enough what's enough and it's like we like where we live in New York it's like Everybody in New York could definitely use more money. It's just everything is super expensive. Um, but then you, if you're living here and you're surviving here. You're doing you fine. Can, you're doing okay. Yeah. And you can eat food. You can eat really good food. You know what I mean? Even right. if you're not like a multimillionaire, you can eat some of the best food in the world here. Totally. And have like great wine and have great, see great art and you know what I mean? Like be yeah. around great people. Um, yeah, you could buy some more toys, but as far as like, you can't, you can't have like, like, yeah, you can have a gold flaked steak, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for me, I'm not interested in a gold flaked steak. I really don't. I hope. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like, you know, I mean, and if that's your thing, I'm not saying like, if that's your thing, fine, enjoy it. Enjoy what you enjoy. But for me, I don't want to be somebody who would enjoy that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, if there's some ingredient that's super rare, okay. But like, I feel like at a certain point, you can't buy a better quality of like seafood or you can't buy better quality of heirloom tomato. Like, you know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. Um, so yeah, find what you. Yeah. I get, enjoy. and another thing that you were making me think of is, um, in New York, I feel like we're always running around and not taking the time to be together truly. And yeah. this podcast is making me think, Oh, I'm really connecting with somebody and, um, hoping that, um, to cherish, as you were saying, the relationships and really not letting things go by so quickly that you don't get to like be in the here and now. And um, so that's all. That's that's something <laughs> I wanted to say to you because I've had this thought a lot like with because um, over the past year, like I've been um, really wanting to get back to acting more, mm-hmm. among other things, um, writing and everything, too. Uh, but my wife like a year ago, like this podcast was just a specific thing that I knew, like that I had, I had to, to do. do it. I have to do it. Um, and she initially, and like, it, it's hard to explain to, to other people, but like she initially was like, well, what about acting? And it's like, well, this is cause like, I want to be a creative, like as an yeah. actor, I want to be a creative producer. Like I'm don't get me wrong. I'm love doing other work too, but I also want to create, my own art but like the podcast is something that like i felt i had to do it's like a gateway drug yeah like i want to meet you and see if we can work together let me see well it's (laughs) it's a lateral movement so that's what i was gonna say about like totally pausing it's like i wouldn't think of it as pausing i would think of it as like a it's like a lateral move to where you're still you you're still the artist that you are and it's like just another like I think that's that's the mm. thing the thing that I think people don't realize and I think yeah I won't say pause anymore I'll right. say it's um there's there's just mo- exploring other things too yeah exploring you know? yeah um because I think it there's a thought with like money and resources that there's not enough um and like with creativity I think there's the thought that there's not enough um creative juice to mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like like and that's kind of I think the that's I think my jaded thing with like the educational system mm. is and I think it's changing some but the actual system is structured in a way and I like it's 20 years outdated as right. far as like oh go get good grades um get to a good school get a good job like that's not but it doesn't work that way for the arts and it's not how anything works anymore like most careers most people don't stay at one company like that's the exception now that used to be the rule you know right right um so you have to have flexibility and like be able to adapt and move laterally but most people like work for a bunch of like yeah you know what i mean even like more traditional um occupations move 
all kinds of different things. Right. Um, but like having the passion, like that's the fuel, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was great talking with you. Same. Um, yeah, all the, everything, the links will be on the show notes. Um, oh, the one question I had, uh, the theater space where the reading was. Oh, yeah. Um, what's happening? What's happening with that? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It's uh, in the works. Nice. We'll see. When the um, the co-op is a workspace. So yeah. to have a theater isn't really on right. the mission. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. And I don't think you it's need It's tangential. One. I think also like it's could be with that network that you're creating. Like if people want to do like put on a show in partnership with the co-op some way, there's like ways to like come well, together. Yeah, and like find, the tank. Kind yeah, of exactly. Finding those venues. That is another thing that I'm going to ask is I want to put together a list of unconventional performance spaces uh, like bars and yeah unconventional theater or parks um that would want to partner with the artist co-op and offer subsidized rates for our members nice that would be cool yeah definitely yeah well cool it's been a pleasure um and i'll talk to you soon sounds good cool So that was my conversation with Rachel Berger, founder of The Artist Co-op. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did having it. Thank you for listening. And for those of you who've been listening since the beginning, thanks for listening for two months. For those of you listening for the first time, thank you for listening for the first time. And if you enjoyed this episode, be it your first time listening, or those of you who join me every Monday and Thursday, thank you so much. And if you want to support, the best thing you can do is subscribe, share, rate, review, and just keep listening. And reach out and connect to others and share your work. Do you. Thank you. I love you. Let's have a great summer of 2018. Be it. Peace. you free.